When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast, where top football coaches from around the country share their stories, philosophies, concepts, and strategies to help you get better on and off the field. Now, here's your host, Keith Grabowski. Hey, coaches, before we get going today, I just wanted to thank you for all you've been doing to support this podcast, and we have an incredible lineup coming up here we have just about every major college conference represented. We have a ton of FBS coaches, Division II coaches, Division Three coaches, some great high school fo- football coaches coming on the podcast to share with you and help you grow professionally during this time. I really appreciate all of you asking your questions on Twitter. Please follow me at Coach K Grabowski for our daily updates on our guests and your opportunity to ask questions. We will read them on the show and attribute those to you. Um, so please contribute to the show as much as you can. I also want to talk to you a little bit about our football development model, which is something we've rolled out here at USA Football. And this is really for you to uh, be able to help your youth football programs develop. It's about a long-term athlete development plan. It's something that comes off of the American development model, which is something that the USOC has put together. The idea is that we're able to teach skills in a progression starting at the youngest ages. We're also looking at the different game types we have, whether that's flag, which is non-contact, limited contact games like padded flag or tackle bar, and full contact, and the right progressions for contact teaching there as well. Be sure to check out all we do at footballdevelopment.com and check out what we're doing with the FDM, the football development model, at usafootball.com backslash fdm.usafootball.com. Always good to get the defensive guys on the podcast and joining me today is his third appearance on the coaching coordinator podcast, defensive coordinator at Brockport. And Brockport has been doing a phenomenal job here under his leadership of stopping the run. 2017, they were number three in division three at 54 yards. In 2018, they were number one in all of college football at 6.8 yards. And in 2019, 35.1 yards. And Again, if you're wondering, that is yards per game. Actually, going into the last game in 2018, they had held their opponents to a negative yard rush total per game. Just an incredible job here. And he's talked about that before on the podcast and stopping the run. And today we're going to focus on third and long because the result of being somebody who could stop the run is you do end up with a lot of those third and long situations. So coach is going to talk to us about his sticks coverage for third and long. And we're happy to have him here again. Defensive coordinator at Brockport, Mike Fox. Mike, great to have you back. Hey, thanks for having me, Keith, again. Been locked up in the house for a few weeks, so it's great to talk some football. And I'm up in my home office up in my bedroom, so excited to be with you. <laughs> well, it's it's great to have you. And again, appreciate you taking this this time during all these adjustments. And it's, it's strange times, but I, I like that coaches are making the most out of this. I like that guys like you are taking time to share with coaches and you know, the spirit of this, I think, has been 
uplifting that you see people helping each other. Yeah, absolutely. I've been trying to, you know, reach out to coaches that I know and just kind of, you know, spring ball's obviously been canceled. So it creates a different opportunity to kind of network with some other guys who are in the same situation. I think everyone in the world is, you know, football wise in the same, in the same situation. So it's a, it's been a real neat thing to kind of connect with some different coaches that you might not talk to. And I've had a chance to to talk to a lot of different guys from high school and college and just kind of share ideas and kind of do a, I guess you'd say a virtual clinic meeting or, or, or visit, which is you've got the opportunity to meet a lot of different, coaches from really all over the country so this is another great opportunity i appreciate you having me on for this yeah absolutely so coach let's dig right into it here as i said in the introduction you guys have just been phenomenal in being a a great run stop defense i know and we've talked in the past pressure is part of that you know i think we talked about what's your base thing you install and you said pressure so Again, that we'll link back to that one in our show notes, but the, the third and long now, looking at that, let's start with, you know, philosophy and what, what your thoughts are in third and long and, and how you approach it as a defense. We heard about all the pressure early on, but what does that look like for you on third and long? Philosophy, you know, I hate to say it, but it doesn't really change all that much. You know, a, a lot of guys, one of the questions I get about third long or even third and, and really long and it kind of it goes back to our first down philosophy. We want to try and get guys in a you know off schedule and in a negative situation, whether it's a, a tackle for loss or it's a, a one yard gain, and, and get guys in second and long, and eventually get them into third and long. And it doesn't stop from there. You know, guys will say, "Well, coach, what if it's third and fifteen, or whether it's third and 20? My answer to them is, "Let's get them in fourth and twenty-five." You know what I mean? Because not only does it it just reiterates what your philosophy is on defense. But when you've got a, a an offense in third and 10, you know, and all of a sudden you, you get after them and you, and you sack them for a five, six, seven yard loss. You know, not only are you putting ourselves in better field position, but as that happens throughout the game, it starts to wear down on them mentally. You know what I mean? And, you know, our philosophy on third down is we want to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand as quick as humanly possible. So, you know, our base defense, the first thing we install would be our five-man pressures. And primarily we're going to do that in some type of percentage, whether it be 80, 85% on first and second down. Really when it comes to third and long, we don't play a lot of cover zero, you know, in our base defensive downs, but we're definitely going to play a lot of it on that third, third and long. And, And kind of the way we do it is, if you ask me if we're going to play press man cover zero and, and really get after it and be aggressive bump and run, I'm going to be honest. I'm up in the press box biting my nails because I'm going to be so nervous about that. I don't want to let up a big one on third and third and 10, third and nine. So we're going to play almost an off man technique and really just kind of let them complete a short yardage path. And we're going to rally up and tackle. And, and there it just kind of works on your fundamentals of, getting your eyes in the right spot and, and rallying to the football, running to the football, being a great fundamental defense. And, and finally, when you get there, wrapping up and making a great tackle and, you know, allowing them to gain three, four, five, six, seven, eight yards, as long as it doesn't get them past the sticks, because that's the number one thing you want to do is, you know, don't let them get to the sticks and obviously just get off the field. So that's our philosophy on third down. It, it doesn't change. We might just bring another guy or two. Again, just trying to get the quarterback 
get that ball out of the quarterback's hand as soon as possible. And coach, for your sticks coverage for for our guys that are out there, you know, on this audio format, if you could just describe starting with the alignment here and you know the base, I guess, principles behind this. You know, so let's say you're in a two by two set, ten personnel. You know, if you're going to look at us, if it's third and ten, you're going to see really all four of our defensive backs, our two corners and our two safeties, sitting at about nine, nine and a half you know, somewhere right around there, flat-footed, four across. And you talk about, you know, disguising. If you watch us on film, you have a great idea what we're going to do on third down, and we're going to line up there, and and we're not going to try and disguise it, I guess you'd say. But it puts your quarterback and your offensive coordinator to a decision. You know, you know what we're doing, but how are you going to attack that? Now, we get a variety of different things, but one of the quickest things we're going to get and one of the most things we see every every game is – it's quick slants, quick screens, quick things like that where we can rally up. So we're going to have four guys sitting at the sticks, usually about a yard in front, flat-footed, and their eyes are going to be on the quarterback. You probably think I'm crazy, and most people say, well, Coach, you're playing man coverage. Why would your eyes be on the quarterback? Well, that is the advantage of playing at that sticks alignment. So we're going to, since we are at 9, 8, you know, 10 yards off, depending on whatever it is, that gives us the opportunity to read the quarterback and we're looking for one thing, and that's quick game. All right. So if it's if it's quick game, that ball is out of his hands immediately. Uh, we're going to rally to the football, and we should have, you know, eight sets of eyes. You know, four guys, eight eyes, flying to that football right now. So normally we're going to bring anywhere between six and seven guys up on the line of scrimmage. We might not have a guy designated for the back, or we might bring seven and have some type of peel rules and some type of spy for screens, but normally we're going to have all six or seven guys on the line of scrimmage. And again, we're trying to get to that quarterback as fast as possible and and let them complete it. What you see on tape is a direct reflection of what you teach and how you teach. Video is important, but if you don't teach well, you're not going to like what you see on your video. First Down Playbook has been helping coaches teach better for 13 years It allows you to present installs, playbooks, and practice cards in half the time with NFL quality. Coaching tools like video pairing, a player app, practice schedules, and wristband sheets have made First Down Playbook a program management system with everything in one place. If you're in a position of leadership with your football program, receive a free one-week look at First Down Playbook. Call them at 512-814-6158 or visit them on their website or social media. Mention Coach and Coordinator Podcast, or use the coupon code COACH24 to receive a $100 discount off the normal $700 First Down Playbook team membership price. Links and the phone number are in the show notes. As coaches, we know that some of the biggest hurdles to our team's success can come from off the field. Your team needs support to tackle the endless list of expenses, uniforms, training equipment, travel, and more. But raising that money can feel like a full-time job. Thankfully, there's Vertical Raise. Vertical Raise is the premier online fundraising platform using innovative technology to create the easiest and most efficient system available. Raise more money in less time with a local fundraising coach who works with your team every step of the way to customize the ideal fundraiser. With options for online donations, digital discount cards, premium product sales, and even spirit shops, 
Vertical Rays has top-of-the-line solutions for every fundraising style. To find out more, visit verticalrays.com and we'll get you connected with an exclusive offer on your first fundraiser. So, Coach, with that, obviously, there's there's going to be some techniques that are specific to this. I know you talked about playing flat foot, but but the techniques and, you know, anytime you have a technique, I guess, really dovetails with how you drill it. To be honest, you know, with everything that we have going on during the week, you know, and I would say, obviously, our base situations are first down, you know, our second and medium to long. That's what we're going to practice the most, you know, how to stop the run going against their base run plays and how we're going to do that. The second most situation that we're going to practice is third and long. So, you know, just from a, a practice standpoint, we'll do a little bit of on Tuesday in our third down period, our third and long. We had about six plays in there, but we're going to do it. And then Thursday is our big, you know, kind of uh, review. And we actually do around a seven-minute period where it's, it's instead of our seven on seven, we'll bring the D-line over and we'll work on some of our six and seven-man pressures against a scout O-line look. And it's rush the quarterback and let him throw. And it's kind of that seven on seven period where we're going to do anywhere between five and seven plays of just our sticks coverage. And, you know, other than that, as far as that, you know, we spend so much time, we get 10 to 15 minutes of Indy. We're practicing so much fundamental stuff. We don't get a ton of time to practice, but the one drill that we do, and we talked about it before, is just really getting your eyes is we'll set up you know, four guys, whether it's coaches or, or just other players at five yards. And I'm the quarterback and I have the ball and we'll sit guys back there 10 yards, you know, four across. And it's really just, it's keying the quarterback's eyes, it's keying his long arm, it's ball coming off and now transitioning your eyes from the quarterback to whatever receiver we throw it to. And it almost turns into almost a pursuit drill where we can work some tackling work what we call our shimmy compress inside outside you know form tackles and it's just a combination of training your eyes from quarterback to receiver pursuing the right angles and then putting your body in a great position to make a tackle so that would be the base drill that we do and I'm just a for me I'm just a big believer in you know let's not come up with five ten different drills to practice something let's get really good at the one to two drills that we're going to do and just keep working those and working those if if you have, you know, possibly five minutes to do it all week. So coach, the next thing that comes to mind for me is just from a strategic standpoint, what have you seen as far as the ways that a team is going to try to attack this type of coverage, attack the sticks coverage, whether it's, I guess, finding a way to somehow get, get somebody over the top of that and open up something underneath. What's the typical approach or starting point do you think for an offense and 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 what they're thinking to attack it yeah i mean as we've been doing this for a couple of years obviously you know the the coaches we have great coaches in our conference and they're they're coming up with different things they're obviously studying when we first you know started implementing it it was almost you know it was almost like a panic situation for a lot of the the quarterbacks and you know, seeing it for the first time it's it's tough to deal with but coaches are obviously coaching they're doing a much better job but I think the biggest thing we see from, you know, is a backside of three by one, catching a quick slant, you know, a lot of a vertical with an under trying to switch guys as soon as possible in route combinations to try and get us to get picked off, you know, with our coverage. And then the, the second thing would really be, 
you know, some type of jailbreak screen. We call it a Rambo screen, but it's a, a wide receiver jailbreak screen if we're, we're seeing that a little bit more. But for us, you know, we bring so much pressure that, you know, we practice screen games so much. It's just, it's built into what we do. You know, it's our pursuit drill that we do every day. So for us, screens is just something we're so used to turning and running. And the big thing I always talk about, I coach the D-line is, you know, I'll talk to the guys and say, hey, raise your hand if you're making the tackle on the screen. And our guys know that no one raises their hand except for the D-line. They are responsible for stopping that screen. That first comes from pursuit. So, you know, first thing would be, you know, a quick under by number two, number three vertical, try and get us to, to pick something in our man coverage, you know, or just isolating backside and throwing a quick slant and kind of hoping that we miss a tackle. And that that's happened. You know, we let up a long touchdown this year. I think the only one in our six coverage, and it was really just a quick slant. We missed the tackle and he's gone. And I think a lot of coaches that happens and they panic, you know what I mean? Well, Hey man, if I was playing cover three, or if I was playing a soft cover two, that wouldn't have happened. And I think you got to get away from that thinking, you know, because Hey, you could let up a touchdown in cover three, you know, you could let up a touchdown in some type of palms coverage or something like that. But as a coach, it's, it's that safe feeling, you know, well, I didn't cause that touchdown to happen. You know what I mean? But for me, I think about all the positive things that happened from this, from this coverage and from the pressure aspect of it, there's so many positive things that happen from it. Are bad things going to happen? Yes, they are, but they're going to happen in any type of base defense, regardless of what you play. But we find that there's more positive things that come out on our end by playing an aggressive attack type style defense that we do. And of course, trying to just practice and eliminate those things as much as possible, you know, the, the bad things as much as possible. And those are things that we have to continue to practice day in and day out. So, Coach, one of the things that I felt was a pretty effective strategy, and I started to see more and more of this, both kind of in the red zone area, where, where space is, is diminishing as far as the vertical attack, but also on third and long. And, and I thought it was a tremendous idea as far as a strategy for especially a young quarterback who might struggle in those situations. And for a lack of better terms, you know, we talked about this on our, our Trends Day podcast, Charlie Coiner and I and, and Zach Dunn, who... Uh, used to be our assistant here, but is now with the Cleveland Browns as an assistant. But we would see a lot of this second-level screen. In other words, the offensive line is not releasing. Every, they're blocking up, so there's no screen key from them. Receivers are releasing on the stem of the route and then turning into blockers, and the ball's thrown underneath to, to somebody running what looks like a shallow route, but it's legal. It's behind the line of scrimmage. I saw Notre Dame do it with kind of that Texas or that angle route. Same kind of thing, back stepped up, angled, caught the ball behind essentially the defensive line, but still behind the line of scrimmage. And now you got a guy running in space with blockers out ahead of him. So I don't know if you've seen that yet, but thoughts on how you might defend that. Yeah, and, and I guess that's a little bit what I was talking about with our what we call a Rambo screen. Absolutely. We actually got a good dose of that in one of our big games this year our kind of our rivalry game. And, you know, again, for us, it, it goes back to pursuit. You know what I mean? And, and I hate to say this because this is really a boring answer, but it, it goes on to if they have three guys in the route combination and, and one guy's catching the screen, they have two blockers. You should have a one-on-one -on -one opportunity to tackle that guy. Okay. So it goes back to before is, 
is if we were playing straight man coverage and my eyes are just on my guy, now I go to, you know, he does a screen, I'm flying up, I'm, I'm going to tackle him, and all of a sudden I get kicked out by that one receiver blocking me. That puts us at a disadvantage because not only am I looking at that receiver, but the guy who's playing man coverage on the guy that's blocking is now being blocked. They're blocking two guys with one. So the advantage for us is eyes on quarterback. Okay, ball is thrown. Our vision goes to that receiver. So instead of one or two guys, you know, two possibly getting blocked by one, we have three guys run to the football, if that makes any sense. So realistically, we should have one guy in a one-on-one situation for an open field tackle. Okay. If you can't make a tackle in the open field, one-on-one, that could happen in a quarter situation. If you're playing quarters, the three-by-one, there's a hitch to the backside, you're playing off. It's no different if you're playing zero or you're playing some type of solo coverage. If you miss that tackle, chances are he's going to get a good game. But it really comes down for us is just, you know, working on those fundamentals, getting off the cut block, getting off the, the stock block, and really, really getting that pursuit from from the D-line and the linebacker. So as much as we pressure, as much as we blitz, you know, we work on blitz, redirect, and run. We do that every single day in our seven-on-seven. Seven. So if a guy's pressuring in our seven-on-seven, seven, as soon as that quarterback throws the ball they're taught to turn run and take five steps they don't need to chase it down the field but turn run and take five steps and go and just getting in that mindset but that's definitely a tough play to defend you know in that coverage because you lose some guys in the pursuit but again we go back and kind of say you know look at the percentages what's hurting us what's not and as long as we're coming out on top which I think we led the country this year in third down percentage again so um, as long as those numbers stay good and I still have a job, uh, we'll continue to run it. <laughs> I've always been interested in the use of technology to make our jobs more effective. So I'm excited to continue sharing modern football technology with you here on the podcast. This innovative system leverages tendencies to improve self-scouting, game planning, and in-game decision-making at the speed of the game. Modern football stands out because it's a battle-tested platform used by teams at all levels, like four-time national champion Bishop Gorman, the five-time California state champion Folsom Bulldogs, six-time Texas state champion Lake Travis, Cal football, and the CFL's Grey Cup champions, the Montreal Alouettes. So book a demo today to see why these teams trust modern football technology. Visit www dot team mofo.com slash demo and mention coach and coordinator podcast or use the coupon code cc10 to receive 10 percent off your first year so coach thinking back to the the first time you're installing this and and i think this is true of any kind of defense offense any kind of play you're putting in for the first time uh, you go out and learn it and then there's those things that pop up that you have to troubleshoot and you may or may not have accounted for some of that stuff as you've learned it, but typical things that coaches are going to have to, to troubleshoot to play the sticks coverage on third and long. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, one of the biggest things early on in coverage-wise is you may have noticed when I said if it's third and ten, we're going to put them at nine. I think any guy in the secondary, it's tough to teach someone to play flat-footed. Any DB just naturally, what's the first thing a DB's taught? Shuffle, backpedal. So I think right off the bat, you get those guys who are going to initially take steps back. And those are just, they're wasted steps. They're false steps. They're not needed. They're, 
the difference between a third and eight and a, you know, a team getting eight yards or getting seven yards. So really playing that flat footed and, and we're not just going to sit there flat footed. We're going to, we're going to try and pop our feet. So that's what we talk to the guys about is, is just kind of sit there and pop up and down. Those little mini jumps, pop your feet. And that kind of keeps you from, from backpedaling. So if you need to start them two yards ahead of the sticks or one yard ahead of the sticks, and naturally they're going to maybe take a step back to get to the sticks before they, before they pursue. That's a big thing. The eyes are the biggest transition, you know, that's, and that's why we practice it so much because like every kid's taught and, you know, with uh, our base coverage, we play a good amount of man match. So, you know, we're constantly talking to our kids about eyes on the man and, and that. So transitioning your eyes from quarterback to throw. And then, you know, if it's not quick game, right, it turns into a five-step progression for the quarterback. Now transitioning your eyes to your man and playing almost a catch man technique. So allowing that guy to gain ground on you and then being able to transition to playing straight man-to-man from that alignment, which can be a tough thing for our guys, for really any guys playing in that situation. But again, you really got to kind of, you know, obviously that's why the seniors do it better than the freshmen, because it's tough to really kind of trust what you're saying when you've never seen it in the game, when you do it in seven on seven, or you do it against our offense, when you can't sack the quarterback, very rarely are you seeing that the ball come out as fast as it will in the game, you know? So that's where your eyes can kind of start start misleading you you want to keep your eyes on the guy and instead of really reading that quarterback but once you get into the game situation you know guys are always like wow you know they're really getting rid of that ball fast and then you know away from the coverage aspect is just teaching that blitz concept and you know important part for us is you know we'll see some running backs leak out and screens of running backs and things like that is they're trying to get those guys into the into the route concept so working on our appeal coverage and you know, we usually have some type of, I wouldn't say fire spy guy, but some type of guy that's going to be some type of either delayed rusher or a lurker that will help out with those screens that we talked about earlier. And then, you know, is eventually as responsible for that running back. So coach, I guess to, to wrap things up today, I want to go back to stopping the run a little bit and just pick your brain as far as your thoughts on I guess the the trends you've seen in how people try to attack, you know, a, a pressure defense, a run pressure defense. Is there anything you've seen that trending? It seems like hey, you know, everybody's at least trying this every week, or think that they might have success with it. I've seen more more dang tight ends and fullbacks than I have ever this year. You know, to be honest with you, I think any odd front, anytime you can create extra gaps and and different adjustments for a defense like ours, you know, I think there's teams that I had never seen 21 personnel or 22 personnel or 32 personnel all season. And all of a sudden they come out against us and they do that. And that's, that's kind of what we've been seeing. I've seen more 21 personnel and and 12 personnel this year than I can remember in a really, really long time and including some teams that we don't normally see that from. So I think guys just trying to get vertical push on us and, you know, we do so much movement and slanting and, and as much as we practice it, when you when you tighten down your split and you just move north and south instead of east and west, and and a lot of different things like that, you know that's what we've been trying. Teams have been trying to do against us, so that's going to be some added coaching for us and some different adjustments for us. And it won't change our philosophy, but it you know, we'll still try and get as many guys in the line of scrimmage and as many guys in that backfield as humanly possible. 
Well, and you guys have been doing a great job of it. It's fun to watch that week after week, you guys just being able to shut people down. And I'm going to continue to watch that. I've been watching you guys, you know, since I first had you on the, the podcast. And, you know, I appreciate you coming back on again and, you know, working with us. It's always great to have those guys who come back and we're able to develop that relationship with and appreciate all you're doing. And I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I, I, I listen to the podcast almost every time it comes out and, you know, it, it's, I learn a ton of information and a, a ton of different ideas and just about a, a, a variety of different topics. So my pleasure on being here and I appreciate you having me. And for our coaches, if they haven't followed you yet, your Twitter handle. Coach M Fox one. I think I have that right. I actually, yeah. Coach M Fox one. And real quick, I know you guys are mostly in New York there, but at least for guys in the area, the places you recruit. Yeah, I recruit Syracuse and Albany are my two main recruiting areas. We get out and then, you know, we'll split up some different areas and whatnot. And I, I recruited a little bit in Georgia, had a few guys come out up here and up in the North Country for last year. I had about three guys from Georgia, but Syracuse and Albany are my two re- recruiting areas. And you know, hopefully we're trying to get the best of the best guys up there and the coaches are, are doing a great job of helping us out as well. So appreciate that. Well, coach, you stay safe during this time and best of luck to you and the Eagles in 2020. All right. Thanks. Coaches, again, want to remind you of what we're doing with the football development model. Please push this down to your youth coaches. I think this is a great way for you to get some organization and structure beyond what you've already done. Uh, Check it out, all of our our program development for youth football at fdm.usafootball.com. Again, check out our systems for blocking, tackling, and defeating blocks at footballdevelopment.com. If you register with your email, you get your choice of three free videos. There's some great things in there. I think things that as you get going again, you can get into the summer and maybe make up on some things that you might have lost if you had a spring ball, if you had time here in the spring to work on football. Some great drills for all those phases of contact. If you're enjoying the podcast, please have it over to iTunes or your platform and give us a five-star rate. If you have a minute, write a review. We really appreciate it, and we will read your review on our highlight show that we do at the end of the week. Thanks for listening to USA Football's Coach and Coordinator Podcast. For more resources, visit the Coach Performance Center at usafootball.com.